All right, so today, um, just a disclaimer, uh, when I speak about Torah and science, it's a very broad topic. I'm not going to go into uh, all the apparent discrepancies between um, Torah and science. Um, what I want to discuss more specifically is hashkafically, Torah's perspective, where exactly does science and modern invention and technology stand within the purpose in this, in this world, what Hashem created it for, as Yidin, as Jews, we believe that Hashem created the world with everything that exists within it, all human discovery and human invention is all essentially created by Hashem. Relationship as uh, uh, from Jews, right, religious Jews, their relationship with science and technology has always been interesting, controversial throughout the generations. So I just want to give some brief uh, historical context and also, um, according to Hasidus, how we view Every every aspect of um, of of science of, of the of the of the universe, and whether or not it enhances our learning Torah and doing mitzvahs in service of Hashem, or whether it's something which is external, something which is out there in the world, which we may or may not engage with, uh, depending on you know how it affects our relationship with Hashem. So just first off, there's uh, if you go back, you go to Shulchan Aruch, the very basic. Um, the learning and engaging in, in uh, you know, intellectual pursuit of all the sciences, of the different sciences that exist. You look in the Altar of Shochanar, Chilchos Tamatera, where the Altar discusses the laws of learning Torah. The first problem which arises is there's a basic mitzvah that every single yid has is to learn Torah 24 hours a day. Besides for the necessary needs of you know, eating, sleeping, and, and living one's life physically. But beyond that, any free time that a person has and beyond his responsibilities, everyone has a basic uh, obligation to be fully occupied with learning Torah. So that automatically puts, you know, uh, is, is right at odds with using any of your free time to learn any of the sciences, learning anything out there besides for Torah. Sorry? Laws of Torah. It says, bum. You have to learn Torah. It says in, in, uh, in, um, in uh, Sefer Vayikra, it says, as nishpatai tasu, you should do my laws, you should guard my mitzvahs. You have to go on the path of Torah and mitzvahs. You can't be occupied with other external studies. Or when you go to the bath. So there's a few things, which are, so we'll discuss these things. There's a few things which come up right away, which automatically um, seem, seem, seems um, almost as a contradiction to this idea. We know there's a mitzvah in the Torah, someone is ill. Tara says there's a mitzvah to go to a doctor. We don't ignore the sciences. We're not people that live in an alternate universe where we ignore everything which exists around us. If someone is physically ill, he has to go to a doctor, which is obviously medicine, it's science, and he has to go heal himself. He has a mitzvah to heal himself, right? So if, if, if there's a town, a town needs a doctor, a city needs a doctor, Jews would have the obligation of learning medicine. That's right, right, right there, that's right. especially in the olden days where to, to be a doctor would be someone who learned you know, across the board all the sciences. So that's one ex exclusion where automatically Torah gives a direct heter for medicine. Now the sec second thing is, if you have, need to make a livelihood, if you need to make money, you can't just sit and learn Torah a whole day, right? There were opinions, Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, there were other opinions in the Gemara that uh, you could, you know, if you learn Torah a whole day 24-7, Hashem will take care of you. 
Most opinions says Harbi also Krashbi will also be other people behave like Krashbi and it didn't uh, didn't end up well. It wasn't successful. It's not the path. Hashem wants us, Hashem brought us into Eretz Yisrael to work on the line. Hashem wants us to engage with the world, to make money and to occupy ourselves where everyone has their own responsibility of Parnassah, of a livelihood, to bring to their family and everyone has an obligation to do that. So that would be another exclusion from the rule of learning Torah 24-7 would be for your Parnassah. Now, there's a third element. Uh, the rabbi mentioned going to the bathroom. There's times where you're not allowed to learn Torah, times where you're in pure places or, or dirty places. It wouldn't be respectful to learn Torah. However, Torah, Torah um, commands us to not be uh, going bored and, and, and doing nothing, being, uh, being, being void in our, in our minds. And therefore, you have to always co- uh, co- um, occupy yourself and stimulate yourself intellectually. And that would be an opportune time to think about different you know, intellectual intriguing ideas or, or stimulating uh, uh, concepts, which keep yourself busy. So that would be another exclusion. Um, a fourth interesting uh, exclusion is where, and this is really uh, a concept which was very hotly debated throughout the generations, is where when learning Torah, you bump into scientific concepts, which if not for your scientific background, if not for learning the facts, the way they present scientifically, you wouldn't understand the way Torah. One example of this is regarding the learning of astrology. When we blessed the new moon, when, to, when exactly, how do we set the new year, the new months? It was based on all the different, the, 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 the stars and the moon and how everything aligned. There was a lot of different uh, astrological calculations, right? That the Bezdin, that they, they decided, they established a new month. They had to be fluent in all these rules and all these laws, and laws of nature, how it worked, how the calculations. It's not outside of so, oh, so over here, that's, this was really... We say, originally we say the real, real Chachamim in the times of the Mishnah, times of the Gemara, they kept to the pure mitzvah of always learning Torah occupied. They were so connected to the depths of Torah and the purity of Torah that really they were able to find all of these laws of nature and all of the secrets of science they were able to find within Torah. The wisdom of it they were able to find within Torah. No rabbi, the mother says, they spent Yes, that's another example. That's that's for a boom. To understand agriculture, we can't understand. Right. Say the so astrology is just one example. Any job can't pass in medical ethics. Medical ethics. You have to learn medicine. Yes, learn medicine. Correct. Electricity. You have to know electricity. Correct. So halacha, being how Yiddishkeit Judaism is so intertwined with the physical world, we're not a meditative religion where we stay apart from our physical lives. We're not sitting and, and meditating a whole day. We're very much interactive with the world. Halacha. You know, it takes takes a whole entire day, 24-7, Allah interacts with our day. And it applies, we say, there's a story of an Amara that went to a shepherd for two years to learn all the laws of Mumma, blemishes for an animal, the sacrifices of the Besam Mikdash. Um, and there's many such, such, such examples. Now, within this, this is where it gets controversial, because while it's limited to understanding Torah or enhancing your learning of Torah or ha- you're enhancing your decision-making and how the halachas will apply, if you were to go to outside sources, there's a risk of learning the sciences from outside sources where it's mixed and corrupted with uh, a secular uh, philosophy, secular viewpoint, secular perspective, worldview. And this is ba- this was basically uh, a point of, 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 uh, of um, contention between a lot of the Rishonim. Famously, uh, the Rashba, and which was which was a uh, 13th century Rishon. Um, He's almost, uh, he's, he's a little after the Rambam, I believe, contemporary of the Rambam and the Ramban. 
they, um, he, he came to, to Spain. In general, the Chachmei Svarah, the Chacham, the Jewish sages in Spain, in the medieval times, in, in, the, in the 11th century, 12th, 13th century, until the Spanish Inquisition, were, were, were people who were of the opinion that, no, we learn, we learn all the sciences, and we learn everything, and we'll enhance our learning Torah, and we have to be fully, fully um, uh, intellectually engaged with everything there is to know, that way we know everything, and ultimately will help us. The Ramam says, once you learn everything, it will help you, it's a ladder to bring you closer to understanding the greatness of Hashem, knowing all the sciences, knowing whatever there is in the world and beyond the universe will eventually help you understand Hashem. That was one way of, of, of one, one, one method of, uh, one understanding. The Rashba came to Barcelona, he came um, in the late 1200s, and he was astounded that in Chachmei Ashkenaz, in, in, in the European countries, in Eastern Europe, they were segregated, they weren't so, uh, um, uh, the secular education wasn't so available to them, the integration to secular society was very limited, and that's why, you know, you have the Jewish merchant, and they were always doing other means of Parnassah, other means of livelihood, they weren't getting involved in secular education as a means for Parnassah, beyond the learning tire, which would be permissible according to halacha. They weren't engaged in that, they were segregated. The Rashba came and he saw how all these philosophies were corrupting the minds of Tamil Chacham, of the rabbis, the younger rabbis, younger students, affecting the world view, going against what Torah holds. Torah holds of Hashem, Hashem creating the world and you know what, what happens after the world, all the things that different guidelines where it speaks about in the Gemara and the Talmud about how to view the creation of the world, how to view the, 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 the Hashem's relationship with the world, whether it's constant, whether Hashem can, can change the world, can change the world, can create miracles, cannot perform miracles. And once they were learning all this you know, scientific uh, um, discovery, scientific uh, um, study from secular sources, it was corrupting their, their view of Yiddishkeit, it was affecting the year of Shemaim, it was affecting the fear of heaven and their observance of Torah mitzvahs. And he established a Takana, he made a massive decree that anyone under the age of, uh, I believe, 25 or 30 is not allowed to learn secular studies. You have to learn, for at least till age 30, until you're an established adult, you have to learn, although he himself was a doctor. But he, so, so he wasn't opposed to the learning itself, however, he was opposed to the way it can corrupt young minds. And this is essentially was the back and forth throughout generations, um, I think the Rush also was a part of that, Zera, part of that Takana. The Rush uh, partnered with the Rashba. Um, there was a lot of critics of the Ramam and the Ramban, how they, you know, they spoke words of, of science and they actually quoted secular, the Ramam and Marinavuchim actually quotes, you know, Aristotle. And there was a lot of controversy about whether or not you could go to secular sources. The bottom line is, is that everyone agrees that, that um, whether it's coming from Torah, the, the knowledge of these concepts enhances the learning, whether it's coming from Torah, whether it's coming from outside secular sources, is very different. Later on, uh, more recently, right, you have the, the opinion uh, of the Gra, the, the, the Vilna Gain, which he was uh, very pro. Uh, people learning, he used to send actually his top students to, to, to secular, to, to universities uh, in Germany to learn, uh, to learn secular studies. That we, he held that the more you know, the more you're aware of what exists in the world, that will enhance your, your intelligence, will enhance your, your knowledge of Torah. Later that came to, to uh, it, it kind of backfire later with the whole the Enlightenment movement right in the 1800s where a lot of top, top students of, of Jewish yeshivas eventually let go of their Yiddishkeit, their Judaism, because they were corrupted uh, by these, by these uh, liberal ideas. Um, okay, now this all, essentially this whole conversation of whether or not halakhically there is room to learn it, to engage in it, there's, there's uh, we know it says in Pirkei Yavis that whatever Hashem created, He only created it for His own honor, only to enhance the service of Torah and Mitzvahs. We say, 
two, 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 Hashem created two things, Bishul HaTayra, created the world for Tayra, and for Yisrael, Bishul Yisrael, and that's why the Tayra starts up with base, the, world, the purpose of the world and everything within it, is for the purpose of serving Jews and Judaism, of Tayra Mitzvah, of enhancing a Yid's life. Now, this whole discussion about how we view the science and how we, effectively how we view everything which exists in the world, whether externally may appear as a contradiction to learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, is essentially within this, within this perspective, within this worldview. That's to say that everything which exists, we have to find the way it applicable and the way it fits in to Torah and mitzvahs. Could be as on its own. It looks like it's something has its own entity. It has its own purpose of being here. The sciences exist whether or not the Yid uses them for terrorists, whether or not he makes a livelihood out of them. But they exist for themselves and Hashem made it in order that you can tap into their potential and use it for your own benefit in terrorists. Now, there's an interesting Zoyar, which is actually fascinating. Um, it's a Zoyar in Parshas Noyach. Um, the Parsha Noyach, the Pasuk says that the, the uh, the, the wellsprings of the earth opened up and the chimneys of the, the heaven, the waters came down and the water came from, from below and from above the flood of the world. Now the Zayar says on this, I'll read it in Aramaic, it says, and the 600th year, to the 6,000, meaning the 6th millennia, the gates of of wisdom will open up from above, Umabui the Chachmasan, the sources of wisdom, Letata from below, will also open up. The world will be fixed and perfected. To enter and go into Shviyah, the seventh millennia. We all know, according to Torah, what's the seventh millennia? 7,000 years, just like the days of the week. The seventh day is Shabbos. And the seventh uh, thousand year period is the time of Mashiach, time of Tchiyas HaMesim. Literally, literally, like the, the, the commentaries on the Zayar say this, that the wisdom from above speaks about, is talking about the mystical, esoteric parts of Torah, which were eventually revealed in the second half of the sixth millennia, which, which if you look, the time of the Arizal, with that, what, although mystical and, and secrets of Torah, mystical parts and secrets of Torah were learned throughout the generations, passed down to very, very specific individuals, the time of the Arizal was really the first time where Kabbalah, which is a whole, a whole uh, controversy unto itself when, when, when the Arizal started revealing the secrets of Kabbalah. That's when Kabbalah started being almost uh, revealed to the masses on a level which was never, which, which was never revealed before. When the, the Arizal had a students of Kabbalists and he would, uh, um, he, he would uh, teach them secrets of Kabbalah. Now, the Zayar says at the same time that the wisdom from above will be revealed, it says the wisdom from below will also be revealed. Now, which period of time did the Arizal live? The Arizal lived um, about, the Arizal actually was born in 1534, he passed away in 1572. Historically, <coughs> what happened in the 1570s, there was a uh, scientific revolution, right? I'm not, I'm not uh, proficient in, in the, in, in, uh, secular history, but apparently in the 1570s, there was a major uh, uh, um, new era of scientific discovery. That's we see one point, which is very fascinating, the Zoyar, which was essentially written by Roshim and Bar Yochai, at the time of the Mishnah, is almost prophetically saying that this is, this is going to happen. Um, another thing is, we see that the Baal which was the next big, big uh, after the Arizal, right, 200 years later, the next big time that Hasidus, that mystical aspect of was revealed was the Baal Shem Tev, and eventually the Alter Rebbe and the rest of all the, the students of the Baal Shem Tev. But the Baal Shem Tev passed away in the 1760s. When was the Industrial Revolution? And it's that, in that time period, right, after, right, right around the Baal Shem Tev, 1760s. 
We know that the printing of the Tanya, printing of the Torah, which were the first fundamental works of Hasidus Chabad, were, were printed in uh, the 1780s and 90s. So what's fascinating is that we see that it actually happened, that the wisdom from above, secrets, parts of Torah which were never revealed, never, uh, n- never ex- ex- expressed to the masses before were revealed. And at the same time, we see scientifically that it actually matches up where there was, there was uh, big uh, strides in, in scientific discovery which happened in those, in those time periods. Now, what's interesting is that the Zayar, and, and, and it's seemingly almost counterintuitive to the idea the way we looked at uh, science before. If you say that science is something which exists in the world on its own, something which is a part of Hashem's creation, and you, know, you may or may not engage in it, or you may or may not take it and make it useful for yourself, right? Why is going into the seventh millennium, going to the times of Mashiach, why is it so important that science should be developed. Science is just, you know, a secondary thing. You need to have make money, you need to have, you need to, you need to heal yourself, you need to use medicine. It's a side thing to use. Why is that linked with the, you know, I understand revealing the secrets of the Torah it's from Shiach to come. When Shiach come, the Ramam says that the whole the sole occupation of everybody when the time of Shiach will be to know to know Hashem, to be the secrets of the, 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 the ultimate Jewish mysticism, to know the secrets of Hashem, to be to be fully engaged with godliness. Right, it says in the Pasuk in Shaya that the that all flesh will see that Hashem spoke, that we will see with our with our with our with our physical eyes the godliness which exists in every creation, the godly energy, which before Mashiach comes, you can't see that. The physicality of everything limits our our flesh, doesn't have the, the potential, the ability to see spirituality. We're a contradiction. So seemingly this 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 uh this this uh, zoyar is almost at odds. Like, what's how does how does the the, the decimation or the, the not the decimation the, the 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 revelation of 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 modern technology, modern science, which took off as in the in the last last few hundred years? What does that have to do with going into the seventh seventh millennium with going to Mashiach comes? Now, this is almost a little bit linked to what the rabbi was speaking about before about echad and yachid. Essentially, if you look at the Rambam, you look at that pasuk in Ishaya, as long as you're going to look at the world, the Rambam and, and the Pasuk Yishai are essentially saying how the merge of physicality and spirituality will be so complete, it won't be a contradiction. Even the physical will be able to see and connect to, grasp the spiritual. Now, if you look at the, 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 the scientific world, is the ultimate expression of something which can exist for itself. It says that, you know, Hashem not necessarily exists, and that's really the corruption of science, where, you know, we could, the science has so much explanations to offer for the reason of the world, and the purpose of the world, and how it works, and it's easy to ignore the existence of Hashem. That is almost the ultimate contradiction to the times of Mashiach, the time where Hashem is everything, godliness is everything. So, really, what the Zayar is saying is that the true time of Mashiach, the true point where we're able to grasp godliness to its fullest, is when linked with the learning of the mystical part of Torah is also the revelation of science. Where if you if you if you uh, if you look at science, it will help you understand the secrets of Torah. When they come together, when the 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 when the well springs from below and the water from above come together at the same time, that's going to be the entry into the seventh millennia. Now there's an interesting medrash, which says. We know I, we said before from Perkyavis like Komash Gajbarhu Bara Balibar Lochoid, whatever Hashem created, he only created for his honor to use. There is an interesting medrash which says that sometimes 
things which are created in this world, their sole purpose is really for a, a specific, uh, a specific uh, uh, reason. And the reason, and, and the reason why it exists throughout uh, the world, and I'll explain to you what I mean in a second, is for free choice. Meaning Hashem wanted to create something for just to serve a certain purpose, and once He created it, He gave it, He made it available for everybody. He made it available for the masses. The example that the Medrash says is gold. It says that really the creation of gold should have only been for the base Hamikdash for the Mishkan. Hashem shouldn't have created gold. Gold, its purpose wasn't to be used for any other any other reason besides for the usage of the base Hamikdash. The reason why Hashem created gold for everyone to use and not just the base Hamikdash. Hashem wanted to give us free choice to choose the gold for the base Hamikdash. Obviously, to have gold to be viewed as your own personal gold and eventually to dedicate to the base Hamikdash. The fact that the Zoyar is linking the discovery of science to the bring Mashiach, that in, in the actual creation, Hashem creating scientific discovery, that will eventually, its sole purpose is to teach us, it's to be linked together with the mystical parts of Torah. Now, one of the biggest, uh, um, uh, the Rebbe said, the Rebbe explains about this, that one of the, the, the as, as scientific discovery comes more and more, he says in history, they always thought that everything was, um, was created of, different, uh, uh, made of different uh, particles. And the more they discover, the more they realize how everything is really unified at its core. Right? Everything is really a point of energy and matter. The idea, one of the main core teachings of Hasidus, which is linked to the idea of Mashiach, and the, the, the reality which we're going to feel when Mashiach comes, is the idea that everything expresses, that's the idea the rabbi was saying about Echad Yachid, everything expresses the oneness of Hashem. And everything, the core point, the core source of everything is from the oneness of Hashem. Just because it looks on the exterior that has its own outside, uh, uh, a selfish expression, outside of Hashem, outside of godliness, is only the way we see it now. When Mashiach comes, we'll see how all those individual expressions really come from a core being, it comes from Hashem. It all expresses the oneness of Hashem. Not to the point of why we say Echad, that we're saying Hashem within, within diversity, Hashem brings out His unity. And that reality will be felt in Mashiach. This, this idea that not only can you use science for purposes of terrorism, not only is it, is it its own entity, but can be used, can be channeled for the right purposes, but essentially Hashem created a creation, everything Hashem created was, for, was, was to express Hashem's unity, and that's the idea of Mashiach coming. That everything in the world will express Hashem's unity. And that's why the Zoyar links these two, the mystical revelation, the, the, all the revelation of the mystical secrets of Torah and the discovery of science, essentially what's the pathway to really understanding, really coming to terms on a physical level, how diversity can express oneness, you look at science and it explains you how diversity can explain oneness, besides for all the, any, any other ideas, which it can also help in understanding godliness in many, in, in many different ways, but that is a core, core idea of what Mashiach is here to do, and that's why it's so, it's so uh, pivotal in the bringing of Mashiach. Yeah.